Welcome to Spurs Cast, episode 460. My name is Paul Garcia, I'm the host of the Spurs Cast. Uh, I'm hailing from Atlanta, Georgia these days, is Benjamin Bornstein, who's going to be on this next episode 460 with me um, to, to knock this out. Uh, ben, how you doing, man? I am fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. So, so thank you for coming on to the Spurs Cast. You've obviously been a frequent uh, visitor of this podcast you know before with jose and ryan you did a great job there with those guys thank you um but now you know now that you're, you're still with us i'm going to make sure that i have you on you have a really good depth of knowledge especially for the topics we're going to discuss today um so so listeners what we're going to do is just get into a few things here today um it's a little bit of, of a of an agenda filled podcast but then we're going to have some open discussion at the end uh with, with some twitter questions that we got from you all the listeners and the, uh, the spurs fans over on twitter so we're going to look at a few college prospects that should be going into training camp with the Spurs. Uh, we're going to talk about the initial um, reactions of the over-under that, that was set by Las Vegas for the Spurs. And then we'll get to those Twitter questions and then just a few reminders of what's coming up uh, before training camp kicks off. So the first thing I want to do is the Spurs recently, last week, they signed um, a kid named London Perantes out of uh, the University of Virginia. He's a 6'2 point guard. Now, this is, this is going to be a non-guaranteed deal, meaning that he'd probably have to make it through training camp in order to get a guaranteed roster spot um, with the Spurs. So, so I think my, my initial reaction is that this is a, a guy, you know, where, where they're kind of going to let him play in training camp preseason, probably cut him. That way they have the ability to either give him a two-way contract or um, sign him to the, to the Austin, um, Austin Spurs in the D-League. Uh, so Ben, just can you give us a, a breakdown of this of this kid? I, I know you talked to me about how you've seen him live before, and just what were your initial reactions? What do you think he'll provide for the Spurs? Should he make the team? And then also, uh, if he doesn't make the team, what do you think he'll he'll do for Austin there? Um, I like him. He's a he's a nice little player. His his numbers aren't really going to pop out at you because of the way Virginia plays basketball. They're more they're more of a defensive team, and they do not score a lot of points. They like they. I don't think while he was there, they ever averaged more than 70 or 72 points a game. So, you know, his scoring numbers aren't going to be great, but he is an efficient shooter, which I'm sure people can, we can all appreciate. Um, he, he shot 37% from three last year and 45% from two. And because math, that gives us about 41% for overall, which is not a great number, but he was, for the most part, he was the focal point of that offense, and he was trying to do everything for that offense. So the fact he didn't shoot worse is actually a miracle. Um, but he's a he's a solid rebounder as a guard, as a point guard, a 6'2 point guard. Uh, three a game, dishes out about four assists a game, and uh, he's, he averaged about a steal a game, which is okay. But uh, his senior year, he was averaging 12.7 points. Um, like I said, I saw him live in the NCAA tournament game. It unfortunately it happened to be his worst game uh, when they played Florida and got trounced. It was almost a thirty point game, but um, uh, that that really wasn't his fault. Uh, that was a total team breakdown. But he's he's a really nice player. I think I, I don't think he'll make the roster as is just because uh, Derek White and Dejounte Murray are there, and the Spurs know that they'll have Tony Parker back at some point. So I don't see him making the roster after training camp, but for the spur for the Austin Spurs, I think it would be a really nice addition. He could give them a, a good playmaker, a smart decision maker. And uh, at that, at that level that goes a long way. And he's a good, he's a good shooter 
when he doesn't have to be the focal point of an offense. If I mean, if you go by his free throw percentages, he averaged 81% at the line over his four-year career. And because he played a four-year career, he has poise and he knows how to run a team. So I think the Austin Spurs coaches will certainly be able to appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you for that insight. Now, um, you know, look, looking at the Spurs' point guard situation, you kind of you brought it up there. You know, you have you have DeJounte Murray, we're assuming might be the starting point guard in training camp. Uh, Patty Mills right behind him, and then you got Derek White. Now, because of the Tony Parker situation, where he may not come back until January, do you feel like do you, do you think there could be a, a little bit of a chance that that Prontis gets Brent Forbes' spot? You know, Brent Forbes is also on a non guaranteed contract right now, and so even though he plays more of a two Forbes, there is that chance that that maybe he. Perantis could grab you know a spot at least until Tony comes back. And do you think he could he could make uh, make it a run for it for Forbes's money? Ooh, um, no, great question. I love that question actually. Um, you're right. Brent Forbes is more of a two man, or which kind of sucks because he's re- he's only an inch taller than London Perantis. So um, yeah, that's true. I, I if 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 Perantis outplays him. In preseason and in if and if they both end up on the on the Austin Spurs at some point and they're kind of battling for minutes against each other, I could see a scenario early in the season where um, Pop rests some of his guys and he plays a lot of backups. So you know, Bryn, Bryn Forbes or Perantes could end up getting some time they wouldn't otherwise, or or mm-hmm. he could go the other way and even give Derek White just a ton of minutes that night. So I think it kind of depends on uh, what Pop is feeling that night, to be honest. Um, but they, I definitely could see some situations where he might beat out Bryn Forbes for a spot. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, n- moving on, let's, let's talk about Jaron Blossom game. The Spurs drafted him in the second round this year. He's 6'7", 6'8", uh, small forward from Clemson. He played with their with their um, summer league teams in both Utah and Vegas. Now, we didn't, we didn't get to get your initial reactions when they first drafted him. Um, kind of not setting apart the, the Vegas side of, of his play because you know Spurs fans got to see that. But I want to kind of just talk about his college play, what you saw from him. You actually wrote about him being a prospect for the Spurs to look at it uh, before the draft, and then you you, you basically called it uh, him and Derek White. Now, Blossom game has not been signed to any kind of contract either with the NBA or overseas. The Spurs obviously hold his rights. So my assumption when it comes to second rounders is that the Spurs will sign him to a training camp deal. You know, probably waive him that way they can sign him in Austin or give him that two way contract. Um, so should he should he be added to the training camp roster here? Uh, probably in a, within two weeks. What 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 was what does he bring to the Spurs? And should again just kind of like with uh, Perantis, if he gets waived, what does he bring to Austin? Or if he gets a two way contract, you know what, what does he do for, for the Spurs in that scenario? He he has the potential to be a really great wing defender. Um, he I I love the way he plays defense. He's really long. He's got to put on some weight. He's only about two hundred pounds. Uh, he's six seven, two hundred pounds. So he's got to put on some weight, but you can easily do that in uh, in the NBA. Now his defensive rating actually got worse each year he was at Clemson, but a lot of that was because he's trying to play for other people, essentially other people's ineptitudes, if you will. Um, so by the same token, his offensive rating also got better throughout his four year career. So. That's some that's something to keep an eye on. He's not a great shooter yet. His numbers are a little deceiving because he shot almost fifty percent from the field, but he shot only twenty five percent from three point land this year. 
He had he had an anomaly season his junior year where he shot 44%, taking more three-point attempts. But this past year, he was it was bad. And I think uh, some of it was he was forcing the shots because he wasn't playing on a very good team. And some of it was he was just taking bad shots for the sake of taking bad shots. So it's it's something to keep an eye on. I that would be that's the thing I would say he needs to work on the most um, it, wherever he ends up, whether it's with um, the Austin Spurs or if he finds a two way contract and he gets pulled up for some games when Kawhi Leonard sits. Um, I I would say his defense is going to be his greatest asset right now. Uh, his ability to finish around the rim and get to the rim when he has mismatches is going to be good. Um, but yeah, he's he's got to become a more consistent three point shooter, especially as a wingman in this league. And, and you know, I, I'd hate to keep picking on Britt Forbes here, his roster spot. But you know, the same situation with Blossom Game. Do you feel? Do you think that you know should Blossom Game shine in the preseason and training camp? Do you think maybe there's a scenario where he could get one of those guaranteed spots uh, that that's that basically Forbes kind of kind of holds right now? Um, do you think do you think you see a scenario in that that situation? I don't know, just because they play completely different positions. Um, mm-hmm. It's I would I would first say it's hard to tell at this point just because there haven't been any preseason games and we don't we don't know how Blossom Game is going to look in. Re- you know, quote unquote, real NBA games. You know, it's it's a, it's a slight step up from summer league, but it ain't exactly, you know, the real league. So uh, it's hard to say what he'll do, and we don't know how much he's worked on his shooting or anything like that since summer league. For all we know, he could have been working so hard that he's now a shooting savant. With you know, un- highly unlikely, but just a scenario. Um, and I would say it's it's a little less likely that he makes it just because Rudy Gay kind of fills a spot he might take. Um, mm-hmm. And, and Rudy, Rudy Gay is playing, right? He's, he came to this yeah. team to play. Um, <laughs> if, if Kyle Anderson has a, like a really bad preseason and the, the staff is finally done with him, I could see a scenario where Blossom Game might take some of his minutes. Okay. Uh, now, the next guy I want to talk about is Derek White. Uh, Spurs obviously drafted him with their with their first round pick, uh, point guard, six five out of Colorado. He's, um, you know, he he also played in the summer league in both Utah and Las Vegas. Um, he got a good amount of minutes there. Uh, now he obviously has a guaranteed spot, so he's kind of not in the situation as the other two players we just talked about. But what I but something I had asked Colin Reed, one of our writers, last week was that. You know, let's just say that Murray does struggle. You know, he really didn't. Murray didn't play very well in the summer league, and Colin had a good point then that you know you can't put too much value on, on the summer league, just like you mentioned right now. But let's just say that you know a week or two of training camp goes by, two preseason games, and and, and um, Murray's really struggling with with that role as a starting point guard or even off the bench. If Patty starts, do you see is is Derek White kind of NBA ready? At least has a skill set because I know he's I know he's a four year college player to maybe step in and, and be that void. Um, should Murray struggle a little bit? Do you, do you think that's a scenario where, where maybe that can play out? It would make me uncomfortable, but I could, uh, I like, I personally like Derek White a lot. I like his story and I like what he's done with his career. He was a dude who worked his tail off. He started at D2. He played his senior year at Colorado power five school. Dude can shoot the lights out. His numbers are not deceiving. He shot almost 51% from the field as a one slash two at six, five for Colorado. 
and he shot almost 40% from three-point land. He is a very good shooter. I, I don't quite know how well he would play as a point guard should, he, should they need him to play there. He, he did dish out four assists, and he grabbed four rebounds, so he's a really good rebounding point guard, which I know uh, the staff tends to like. Um, I mean, most people should like that anyway. But um, he also he also averaged 1.2 steals in his one uh, D1 year. I, I would say he is very poised and he's mature. I think he could handle the responsibilities. I, I think the, the question is mostly how quickly would he get acclimated to playing at that level? Yeah, that's that's a good. Um, yeah, I mean, in in, in Vegas, you know, I, I had a senior. You've obviously seen seen him more than me, but I was very impressed with him. Like how you mentioned, he's very poised and polished. You can just tell from you know he run, he knows how to run a team. He knows not how to. He doesn't get like too too like um you know rushed in his in his play at least from what I saw. So I, I would be interested to see what what kind of what how he does play in the preseason. Um, shifting gears from some of the from some of the Spurs um, players and, tra- and training camp invites, we're going to go to um, over where Las Vegas uh, had some recent um, over unders. Uh, the Westgate Hotel out there, sportsbook, should I say, have gave out their 20, 2018 um, season wins, and ju- we're just going to focus here on the Spurs. Um, just, just your your initial reactions, Ben. Uh, the Spurs were are tabbed with fifth to, to have an over under of fifty four and a half wins. Uh, you know, last year they they won sixty games. Um, so, so what what are your reactions? Are do you, do you think over under? I know it's really early, and then just do you think that's like kind of the right place to put them in? I was just going to say I think that's exactly the number because. I could see them winning 54 or 55 games and people are going to get real nervous at the end of the season who put money on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I got some heat on Twitter already just cause uh, you know, I was asked the same question just um, about two weeks ago on another podcast. Uh, they just asked me, you know, what do you think the Spurs will win this year? And I just like threw out a number. I said, 53, 54. I hadn't even looked at the schedule yet. You know, just based on the talent and, the, and their situation you with know, Parker yeah. and everything. So, you know, 54 and a half games is pretty good. You know, people got upset with me. Some Spurs fans were like, how, how do you expect them to win this many, lose this many games? You're, you're a Spurs hater and stuff like that. So, oh my yeah, gosh. yeah, I got that. Classic. So for, I mean, I mean, anytime you're saying a team's going to win over 50, you're assuming they're really, really good. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, to win over 50 in the West, you got to be pretty dang good. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's, yeah, that's, so, so, so you, you said you would take, um, you, that's kind of where you'd put them right now around that yeah, area. I, I would, I would, I would take it at even or I'd push whatever. I would take 54, 55. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, recently, or earlier this week, we uh, over on Project Spurs on, on the SpursCast account, we had, we had used the hashtag SpursCast. So we asked uh, you, the fans, to send us some questions that you wanted to answer on, the, on this um, SpursCast edition, 460. And so thank you for those of you that did chime in. So what I'm going to do, Ben, is I'm just going to read some of their questions. And I, oh, yeah. uh, I'd like your input first, and I, then I'll give my, my answer as well. So the first one we have, um, this comes from at Dan DeLion. Oh, there you go. Dan DeLion. That's pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> okay. He says here. If Bertans gets more minutes with the shortage of bigs on the roster, will he develop into a consistent key player this season? So what what do you think, Ben, about Bertans? You know, they obviously lost David Lee in the offseason. He's not coming back, or it doesn't look like at least. Um, yeah, which saddens me, by the way. They they did get Rudy Gay, who can play some small ball four. So there's some of those minutes being taken. You know, we don't know if Pop's going to yeah. stick with Gasol, Lamarcus, or Lamarcus at the five and Rudy at the four. So, so and Joffrey Laverne, Joffrey Laverne, yes, who can also play the four or five. So, so what do you think about uh, Dan DeLion's question here? Um, do you think Bertans will get more minutes, um, and do you think he'll develop into consistent key player? I would love to see him get more minutes, but with these signings, I it's hard for me to see it. 
just because I don't get me wrong. I love Davis Bertans. That's my boy. I get ex- I get just as excited on a Bertans three as everyone else. Okay, but I just don't see the minutes being doled out to where he can become a consistent player and and be a consistent uh, contributor to the team. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing for me. Just because of this, the Rudy situation, Rudy Gay, I, I think that you're going to see – he may not start at the four, but I think you're going to see a lot of Rudy at the four and LaMarcus at the five, which means that Pau needs to play either back of five or starting five. And then, like you mentioned, Laverne's going to get some minutes in there too. So I think, you know, unless it's nights where they're, not, they're resting players or somebody gets hurt, I don't I don't think Bertans will get that, that same um, – a, a consistent role. I think that he's he's just there based on his versatility. Where if Pop needs spacing on the floor, he knows who to go to, and that's that's Bertens in that situation um, for him. But you know, we'll he's, a, he's a younger. I'd say he's like a younger, more athletic Pau Gasol now. Because I don't I don't think early in his career Pau Gasol could shoot threes, but he can shoot them now. But Bertens can move. He can defend more positions. I would say he's a more versatile Pau Gasol. Yeah, and and you know that was kind of something that they wanted to see from him. Um, you know, I saw saw a few interviews from from the summer league, and in the summer league, they wanted him not just to be a, you know, they obviously wanted to space the floor, but they wanted him to do a little bit more ball handling as far as like when they run you off the line, you need to get to the rim and kick out, or you know, try to initiate a little bit more. Um, and I think that's something that they're going to be looking for in, from him. Okay, our next question uh, from Twitter comes from at Insomniac Games, so at Insomniac Games. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, just stay up all night playing games, I guess. Love these handles. Yes, they're, they're very informative. I mean, uh, very interesting here. All right, so here's their question. They say, do you anticipate the current Spurs roster to suffer from long stretches of stagnant offense like it did last season? Oh. Uh, I like that. Because, yeah, I mean, there were situations uh, where we'd see, you know, those times where I think it was like third, uh, was it like early, late second quarters? Um, oh, it was the early first quarters. Remember, they just stall out. They couldn't score like eight mm, points like yes. in six minutes or something. So do, do you do you see that maybe they'll have some stagnant points here this this season coming up? I think it might get a little better, actually, because Tony Parker isn't playing. Because when you have Tony Parker and you, you take away some of the court, and where you can get shots because people are going to slough off Tony Parker for the most part and say, we dare you to shoot the ball from three. Anyway, we dare you to shoot that with Derek white. You can't really do that. Although I'm sure people will try to do that early on because they don't quite know he can shoot yet, but he's, he's going to, he's going to change that. I think. Um, and I, I actually think Kawhi Leonard will end up handling the ball more. Mm-hmm. And I think that will initiate a different offense as well. So I think we're going to see some different looks. I think there will be a little less stagnation. I think, you know, we there were, you're saying near the end of the first quarter, I would say rather than maybe the last half of it, there's maybe three or four minutes rather than the six. So you mentioned Derek White. Now let's just say he doesn't get the starting job. Let's say it's Murray. Okay. So how do you feel about the offense getting stacked? Because you know something I saw about Murray this um, this in the summer league was that he was still kind of hesitant to shoot either the mid range or the outside three pointer. He still kind of just wanted to take the paint or else just kind of pass it off. Yeah. So do you see that stagnation of people just back off of him? Um, I you he has to he has to come out aggressive early in the season, assuming he gets the starting spot. Because here's the thing, he's not a bad shooter. He shot 39% from three last year, so he can hit those shots if you leave them open. So I think it's a matter of, you know, if they give you the shot and make him pay, eventually they're going to have to guard you, and then you, you go to work, you get by him, you make plays, whatever, get to the rim, whatever you want to do. 
but it's it it's it's tough because we don't know if they're gonna we don't know if he's gonna become non-timid anymore. It's hard to because you can have a coach that says, "Listen, you have the green light, go do things, you know, go make plays," but he still has to go out there and make the plays. Yeah, and as far as my answer to that question on the stagnation, I think it's gonna improve um, just because. I think defensively, they're going to take a little bit of a hit. You know, they lost Jonathan Simmons. They lost um, Dwayne D- Dedman, two guys that really weren't were known as shooters who didn't really space the floor, but they were obviously really good on defense. But but what I do see is that offensively, you know, you're either going to have power Laverne starting or LaMarcus, guys who can all spread the floor, shoot, shoot mid-range, shoot outside. Uh, you, you know, like you mentioned, Kawhi's probably going to be the ball handler. So he's in a lot of options. He's going to have Rudy Gay by his side. Uh, let's say that Murray does uh, look a little stagnant. Well, then he can pop can easily throw it, put it, put in Patty Mills, mm-hmm. or like you mentioned, uh, Derek White. Those are all guys that can spread the floor. So they can have. And then we also talked about Bertans. You know, Bertans the guy who's going to spread the floor too. Should he get minutes? So I mean, there's only so many few players now on this Spurs roster that don't shoot from the outside. Uh, maybe there's maybe there's maybe just a handful of them actually. I think everybody has that skill set. Um, to shoot from the outside where they're a threat. So I think that that's definitely going to fix a lot of that stagnation that we saw last year. Moving on uh, into the questions. Uh, this is uh, a little bit different. It's really about the on-court play. Uh, it's from at Spurs in the Six. You know, um, he's, he's a guy who covers the, the Austin Spurs over from Canada. He, he actually helped us out when he went to Las Vegas to go cover the Summer League. Uh, he wrote a few articles for Project Spurs. He did a great job there. So his question is about the uniforms. <laughs> he says, <laughs> yeah. It says, how upset will Spurs fans be if a Fiesta-themed uniform is not released this fall? Now, there, there had, yeah, I know there had been rumors that that this was this this might be in place, some sort of Fiesta-themed rumor. I mean, um, uniform. You know, the Spurs obviously uh, released their two official Nike uniforms. Uh, just and there's still two more to come. They're just the traditional black and the tra- traditional white home and away uniforms. Uh, but Ben, would you be upset if those Fiesta-themed uniforms don't come out? Honestly, what I want. So badly for Spurs for the Spurs jerseys. I want the retro, um, those those retro pink and like teal jerseys. Mm, I live I live for those colors. I, <laughs> I really do. When when they had that on the court and that was the logo, I thought that was one of the sexiest things ever. I'm I'm serious. Yeah. I love that so much. I I, I call that. I mean I don't remember the, the uniforms, but I call that the uh, Taco Cabana home court. We have a restaurant. I don't know. If, do you guys have Taco? <laughs> do you guys have Taco Cabana in Atlanta? Talk, no. No. Okay. So which we did. Yeah. Though. You. But you've seen their logos, right? Taco Cabana. It's like the pink and green. The light, light pink and green. Um, so I'm have to look it up. It reminds me. Just Google Spurs home court Alamo Dome, and you can see like that. You know the, the court you're talking about. I actually like that court a lot. Yeah. The Alamo Dome court. You know, you had the blue curtain. You had the. the I think it was the pink. Um, in the I mean the the pink uh, logo with the green uh, paint on the inside. Um, that would be pretty cool. Mm. I think as far as the, the court goes, to see that every now and then, like on special games. Uh, as far as the uniform thing, I'm not I'm not really too big into it. They, they've actually taken one of my favorite uniforms away. Uh, it was a few seasons ago. I think it was 2015 or 2014. The, the Spurs had this uh, fully sleeved um, all white uniform. It was on the low Spurs nights, the the, the Latin influence okay. games. Okay, yeah. and it was so cool because they had like those like little triangles on the side, and they almost looked like soccer jerseys. And I was you know it was, it was I remember they played LeBron and, and the Heat at the time. And it was pretty cool to see, like almost like the equivalent of of a soccer jersey on a basketball court. It was just it just brought back some like some like uh, World Cup slash um, you know Olympic memories. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Okay, and our and our last question. The, oh, go ahead. It's the stuff dreams are made of, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and our last question is comes from at Comfort Measures at Comfort Measures. Okay, okay. so he has a, he actually has a few questions here. Oh, and one of them is about one of your guys that you that you favor. Um, so his first question here is why no David Lee? 
Now, obviously, David Lee. Yeah. So that'd be, that's I'm almost, saying the same thing. I know. That's funny. <laughs> and he put your name in here, but it's obviously directed right to you. So he says, why no David Lee need front court depth and he's cheap and spursy? So before, before I let you answer, um, you know, David Lee is still a unrestricted free agent. He's obviously probably tried to get a little bit more than the veterans minimum. But as it looks because of his age, uh, because of a lot of teams already filling up rosters, it looks like he will have to sign uh, for the veterans minimum with somebody, most likely a title contender. So what do you think, Ben? Do you think they should have brought back Lee? They really can still if they were just to, to uh, take, um, uh, what's his name, Forbes' spot away. What do you think? I would love to have David Lee back. That's my boy. That's that's one of my Florida guys, and I love everything he does. Um, but there's, I mean, if they brought if they brought him back now, it'd be awful because there's just there's just no minutes for him anywhere. With because you you have to assume Laverne's going to play is going to get serious minutes. Gasol's going to get his minutes. Aldridge is going to get his minutes. Rudy Gay is probably going to play some four. You still got Davis Bertans. It it sucks. I'd love for them to bring him back, but they just don't have the minutes to hand out right now, which is the worst. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I, I kind of – my, my t- take on that is that him being back would almost, like, prevent uh, Bertans and maybe Kyle Anderson from, from growing. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, you they want they to have those guys, you know, to, to grow into their system and eventually become really good NBA players, but he was so good last year, you know, in, in the role they gave him. They basically gave him that old Boris DL role coming off the bench, <laughs> and he was so good. Like, I mean, he was playing crunch time minutes in the playoffs. He was playing well against the Warriors before he, he got hurt with that knee injury. So I think that he kind of stunts their development because Pop, like, will eventually, you know, in, in the middle of a game, Pop's going to go to who he trusts, and he trusts, I think he trusts Lee more than some of those younger kids. Yeah. And so I think that that's a situation where, he, you know, even if they sign him just to be like a veteran presence, you know, a really good attitude kind of guy, leadership guy, he'll eventually play his way onto the court because he's still so good. And he showed that. So I'm, I'm really hoping that he does get picked up, though, with, with some sort of contender, um, probably for the veteran. Just not minimum. Cleveland. <laughs> just not Cleveland. What about Golden State? I don't even know if they have a spot. I don't care about that. He played with them. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. He was their, he was their first all-star in like 10 years, I think. Yeah, he was. And, it, might have, it, was longer than, it might have even been longer than that. But that right, right before Steph Curry, that was when the Warriors got that discount Steph Curry deal because of his ankles. Yeah. And he missed a lot of that year because of the ankles. David Lee was the all-star. And then I think. Curry made it the next year, and then Curry and Thompson the year after that. Yeah, they had that Curry on that like eleven million dollar a year deal. It was crazy, and now unbelievable. Yeah, now, <laughs> now, well, now he's making like almost two, over close to two hundred or something like that. So, yeah. okay, so the second part of at Comfort Measures' question is, what happens to TP Tony Parker if Dejounte Murray <sighs> ascends? So let's say that. Let's say that Murray he becomes Super Saiyan. Yeah, I know, right? Let's say that from from October. To January, Murray is playing lights out. Patty has his role off the bench. They're they're clicking very well. You know what do you think? What what, what do you think that Pop does with Tony Parker in that situation? Oh man, you got all right. I'm going to bring up this is an old comparison here. You're going to have a Jameer Nelson Ray for Alston situation. I don't know if you remember this. With the Magic, right? With the Magic, yes. Okay. When they were in the '09 Finals, so that year Jameer Nelson was going was about to go to his first All Star game. And then Dwight Howard dropped an elbow on his head in his career, pretty much. Um, I remember this. Oh, I remember this play way too well. Dwight Howard like goes up for a rebound. He comes down with it and he smacks. He smacks Jameer Nelson like right on the shoulder and like he tears his labrum. Yo. And he's he's out for he, he's out for until the playoffs. And so they they sign Ray for Olsen. He's like, oh, yeah, skip to my loop, skip to my loop, and. 
he actually played really well in the playoffs, but Jameer Nelson was back. He wasn't even really 100%. But they, Stan Van Gundy played him, and he was, he was bad. It was not good. And everyone was so upset. I feel like this might be that situation because people are already on the fence about Tony Parker because of his age and his supposed declining skills. So if DeJounte Murray does play really well, he could supplant Tony Parker as the guy. And then Tony Parker might be playing for Derek White and whoever else's minutes, whether it be Bryn Forbes or London Perantes even, or, you know, or someone else. He could be playing to, to compete with them, which would be insane. Yeah, you know, I, I feel that's a very strong what-if question, basically. So, like, we're, we're obviously assuming that, that Murray does play like that. Um, in this scenario now I don't think that right. that would happen but you know I, I think that pop is the kind of guy where even though he's you know he's very loyal to, to his veteran players I think that if, if the team's playing well and Murray's you know comfortable Patty's comfortable I don't think he would want to ruin chemistry team chemistry I think he'd obviously ease Tony back in and he would really get to a fine point where he would have to decide you know am I just gonna let Tony be the third point guard and Tony would kind of have to just accept it you know he is a veteran he's, he's been on the team he's kind of taken a reduced role though if you notice over the years taking some more games off um, even on offense, he doesn't really want to score anymore. He's just kind of getting the offense where it needs to go. So I think that if they're playing well, he's a vet. You know, he, he might try to just kind of ease off a little bit and kind of let Murray um, ha- have that spotlight and that that position. And maybe, you know, should Murray falter at any time, he's going to be ready, you'd hope, to uh, take over the reins uh, should he need to, whether that's in the regular season or the playoffs. Um, so thank you all. Those of you that submitted questions, um, you can you can do that again for next week's episode. The hashtag is SpursCast. So just send your questions in. We'll, we'll, whoever I have on with me, we'll try to answer those questions. Um, now, before we wrap up, we just want to get through a few reminders of what's coming up over on Project Spurs and with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, first thing kicking off this week, which is Thursday, August 31st, uh, you're going to have Eurobaskets up starting. Um, Thursday, Joffrey Laverne and France play against Finland. On Friday, Pau Gasson, Spain play against Montenegro. Uh, Davis Bertans and Latvia play Serbia. And Adam Honga, who's not with the Spurs, but you know he could be in their potential future. Uh, they play Croatia, so they're going to be playing out in uh, overseas and in Europe for the Eurobasket. So m- make sure that you're, you're catching up on some of the Spurs players there. Uh, d- uh, make sure to visit ProjectSpurs.com. We're obviously, um, you know, we're, we're in the offseason right now, but training camp's coming up soon. Uh, speaking of Ben, he's going to have a, a piece coming up uh, looking at some some of the draft prospects. So Ben, can you just talk about some of the some of the things you have coming up here as training camp kicks off? Oh yeah. I'm thinking we're gonna have we're gonna have a three-parter on all of the lottery picks that y'all don't even need to worry about, but I want to write them up anyway because they're gonna be ballers. This this class is supposed to be incredible, or the top is anyway. Um, and then of course uh, throughout the season, I'll I'll be profiling guys. Um, I have a few written down. I don't want to give anything away though, but I'll be I'll be doing the same thing this year, uh, doing a profile on a guy every week. Uh, hopefully I get lucky again and I get <laughs> I, I pick two guys at the Spurs draft. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so Spurs fans, make sure that you check out Ben's pieces. As I mentioned, I mean he called Derek White and Blossom game. He did a, he did a lot of prospects over the years, and and he really classifies it to the who are the realistic guys that the Spurs can get. You know, if they're favored to win fifty five games, we know that they're not going to be in the you know one to to twenty range in, in the lot in the you know in in the draft order. So they're going to be in that twenty to thirty range area. 
So, so he kind of keeps an eye on that, and he really uh, breaks down the guys. And it was pretty cool. Ben, you know, I was at the Spurs um, headquarters the night of the draft, and as soon as they said Derek White, I already had your piece ready because you had already written about him. And even like some of the Spurs guys were like, "What? Like this? Like yeah, one of my I said like one of our guys they he had already uh, scouted this dude like for for Project Spurs, and so yes, yeah, so Spurs man. So make sure that you listen to uh, nice. I mean, yeah, read Ben's stuff because you know he, he is right there. He's accurate. He knows the college game very well. He's he's our he's our go to guy when it comes to any kind of college prospects um, coming into the league. Um, at that time, uh, make sure if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rate and review. I know it's, I know this is my second um, episode hosting uh, as a new host. Um, you know I have tough shoes to fill after after taking over for for Ryan and Jose and also Aaron before that. So make sure that uh, you, you give us a rating and review on iTunes if you can um, if you have some time to do that. Uh, and so uh, just to, just to end this thing, uh, Ben, go ahead and um, sh- um, give the listeners your your Twitter handle so they can um, contact you. All right, you can find me at the underscore Boomstein. Boom. Okay, so that's at the Boomstein. So also make sure you're following Project Spurs on Twitter, the Spurs cast on Twitter. Uh, for some current NBA rosters, I have my, I have uh, some new stuff over on analyzingtheleague.com. Um, so, Ben, thank you for coming on here. Um, Absolutely. Listeners, thank you, and have a great day.